This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Nation. Welcome back to another episode of Extreme Resurrection. I'm James Gruenberg. Alongside is with me tonight is my partner, Steve Riddle. Steve, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Glad to be here for another episode. And uh, I got to tell you, Gruny, um, this is one I've been kind of dreading a little bit since I start since I came on here um, with you on the show. Because, I, I mean, we knew we were going to get to this to this point in the history of ECW, but it's a uh, doesn't make it any easier to talk about. No, it does not. And especially like what is um what's actually going to happen uh, in the uh, first episode. And that's going to compare to real life uh, tragedies as we get into the second episode, too, because the first episode like here we co- we're covering here tonight. It's a little cr- it really is cringeworthy because, like, you know, we have like the highlights of like interviews and stuff that they did with like some employees and so as we are into like this Mr. McMahon uh, blew himself up angle, you know, we're right in the heart of it. And, you know, like, especially with like the, uh, you know, the federal uh, investigator coming on too, as we get into the uh, episode, that was cringe worthy. And there's always that, um, there's always like a Simpsons uh, meme that goes out there. Like when you're, when you show something and then it's a picture of Lisa Simpson where it's like, Oh, I knew that photo. I knew that would come back and haunt him one day. And, you know, this I feel like is coming back to like haunt us because of like what actually uh, did occur uh, going into the uh, second episode. But for now, we will get into our first episode here tonight. We're live in Charlotte, North Carolina. This is ECW, June 19, 2007. Like I said, Steve, we have highlights of interviews of uh, people who heard the explosion of Mystery Man's limo. They were like, oh, we were having a cigarette outside and we were like packing up ready to go. We see Mr. McMahon and his, he steps into the limo and the limo blows up. Yeah, this, um, this again, like you said, really kind of uh, not not um, having aged well, unfortunately, watching this back. And um, and I remember because that's because I think we should. Um, it's important to know here. Like you said, this is June 19th, uh, four days prior on the 15th. Um, the wrestling world got um, shocked to this court, you know, got rocked when uh, the news broke that um, one of the great uh, legends of the 80s um, tragically passed away way too young. Um, and that was sensational Sherry. Um, oh, geez, I forgot that one too. Yeah, yeah, she yeah, forty nine, which was again way too young for her, and especially considering we had just you know had we just seen her not that recently. You know, she was on. Of course, she went to the Hall of Fame the year before, and um, 
And I think, I can't remember if it was a few months prior or late 06 when she made like that random appearance on TNA. Um, when Bob, that was when Bobby Roode was like, you know, pick, like trying to pick a manager and they brought back like all like the old legends. Like they brought her in. I think Bobby made a brief appearance, Colonel Park, Colonel Rob Parker. So, you know, yeah. we really, you know, so we, you know, just recently seeing her, seeing her and now, and for her to pass away this, you know, suddenly it, you know, and I remember there was a lot of consternation on the uh, internet after the news broke that she had passed, that they wanted them to cut this angle because uh, they thought it was real. They thought it was, you know, starting to be in bad taste, but you know, we know how Vince is. He's, he's, you know, stubborn and he's going to, you know, try to let it play out. But as, like you said, we'll talk about by the next episode, uh, something happens where he basically has no other option, but to, uh, to cut it short. Yeah. Um, so 2007 has not been kind to the, uh, pro wrestling world and, uh, deaths, you know, you go back to Bam Bam Bigelow and Mike Awesome. And uh, I think it was Arnold Skolin, too. And now we got Sensational Sherry, and we're going to get another one uh, as we uh, transition to these episodes. And another thing, Steve, as well, um, that we have is that we're sandwiched again. You know, we have a show, pay-per-view, and then a show as we're on our way to Vengeance uh, Vengeance 2007, Night of Champions. And then that'll become a staple in itself, WWE Night of Champions, uh a pay-per-view as well. But the concept was just a uh, title for vengeance where all titles are on the line. And if you recall in our last episode, Steve, Bobby Lashley got drafted to raw, which means Mr. McMahon let Lashley vacate the ECW title and keep it on ECW. And tonight we are going to have two ECW number one contenders matches. And those two who win will move on to vengeance and we will crown a new ECW champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and again, coming off the previous episode, I think uh, I think it was pretty clear who the four guys were that were going to be the uh, kind of the guys to run, kind of be at the top of the card, going yep. for that belt. Yeah, so we kick it off um, with Chris Benoit versus Elijah Burke in our first number one contenders matches. I feel like I would have done it backwards, but then again, we would have seen uh, – Elijah Burke versus Punk way too many times, but like I just feel like Marcus Corvon versus Chris Benoit would have been good, but Elijah Burke has a very good uh, showing here as well. So let's review the match. Both men, both men take each other down, chops to Burke. Burke, uh, Burke gets the ropes when uh, Benoit tries to apply to a crossface. Burke is laying in shots to Benoit, a big kick to Benoit's ribs. Burke, Burke knocks Benoit to the outside. Berg misses Benoit. A German suplexes by Benoit. Berg gets the knees up on a diving of a diving headbutt, and this one looked very, very bad as well, too. Like uh, with like Benoit's, um, you know, head and everything, and like you know all the, the just like him like feeling his head and everything too. So this was like another scary moment by Benoit. Berg counters the sharpshooter. Benoit counters the Elijah Express, and Berg. Then taps to the sharpshooter. Uh, for this one, Steve, I went two stars on it. It was fine. It was good. I just don't think that like Burke got a lot of offense in, but uh, they made him look strong versus uh, Chris Benoit here. Two stars for me. Yeah, I went two and a quarter. It was you know good for what it was. Um, obviously, you know they brought Benoit in to kind of be the steady uh, veteran presence on ECW and kind of help these young guys along, which was a good spot for him. I mean, he pretty much. 
had maxed out everything he could do on both Raw and uh, SmackDown. So, you know, bring him on here kind of as the mentor to these young guys. And, um, you know, Burke does, did look pretty good, getting some decent little offense. And I, I agree with you that uh, him getting the knees up on the headbutt, I, I cringed watching that. Uh, it, reminded, mm-hmm. it, it reminded me of uh, when Benoit fought Orton at SummerSlam 04 and, ben, and Orton had gotten his feet up to block the headbutt. Um, uh. you know, obviously not the same, you know, a little bit different, but still, yeah, just really cringe. And then, uh, Kind of, kind of interesting. Benoit won with the sharpshooter and not the crossface, but it you know made sense. So, you know, Burke had gone for the Elijah, the Elijah Express missed it and obviously hurt his knee. So Benoit capitalized. So, um, but decent stuff here. And um, yeah, interesting decision to have Benoit win. But again, like I said, you know, being the uh, the veteran on the brand, I think is a good little um, spot for him. Yep. Um, so now we have Stephanie McMahon. Uh, they're showing highlights of Raw. Stephanie, Stephanie comes out and she says thank you to the fans, says there will be a celebration of life next week on Raw. And that'll get uh, canceled because of real life tragedies, you know. And then um, she vows uh, that there will be vengeance here as well for the uh, McMahon family. Again, cringeworthy. Yeah, this this was this was not good. <laughs> she definitely came off way too um too cringy here trying to, you know, you know, pay tribute to her, you know, to her dad and, you know, I, I it just it yeah, it didn't Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't go well. And then um I think when they were doing the interviews too, out of all the dolls they put on um the crime scene next to the fence, they put a Eugene doll I believe it was a Eugene plush with the white jacket. I was like, really? That is so bad. Yeah, that wasn't good. Oh, God. Yeah. So now we have, um, now we have me, uh, now we have the boogeyman versus, uh, Sean Alexander. And Steve, I don't think he became of anything, but did Sean Alexander work in Impact? Or am I thinking of, I think like I'm thinking of like somebody else. Like I feel like I see, is Sean Alexander an impact or somewhere too? I don't, yeah, I'm I don't just, know, but yeah, I'm not sure. But when I, it's when I saw him, I, my first thought was, it's like he looked like a great value Cesaro, just with the oh. the build and the like the facial hair. Yep, yeah. So basically, Boogeyman just gives him a power slam and pins him, and then he feeds him worms. So. I gave it a dud. It can be a negative one as well, but it's definitely a dud. Yeah, dud as well. There, I don't know why they still thought they could. They thought Boogeyman was going to be a, um, you know, a, a, you know, a guy. I mean, he's basically, like, you know, just a, you know, entertainment attraction. Yeah, right. And like, like again, but yet they're still trying to give him these pushes. It's like, you know, it's, it's just, it's just not going to work. Yep. And now we have um, another matchup here. It's Tommy Dreamer versus Kevin Thorne. They're really pushing like these, uh, the all the uh, entertainment out uh, here tonight. Um, and we'll, there's going to be a lot of entertainment on, um, you know, the next episode here. But they are like pushing everyone to uh, wrestle here, so it's not a boring show. Actually, it's just that maybe they are getting shorter matches, but everyone is getting on the card, Steve. Here, as we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have Tommy. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, just you know, with since Vengeance, it looks like the only ECW match on there is gonna be the the title match. You know, mm-hmm. get as, get as many guys showcased as you can. Yep. 
So now you have Tommy Dreamer versus Kevin Thorne. Elbow to Tommy's face. Shoulder knocked down by Thorne. Spine buster by Thorne. Elbow drops to Tommy. Thorne goes, goes into the turnbuckle. A bulldog by Tommy. And a sit-down powerbomb. Tommy hits the turnbuckle hard with his ankle. And then... And then Thorne just gets the uh, pin here. I don't know if this was a botch or not, Steve, but, like, looks like Tommy went in too hard, like, with his ankle and, like, rolled it. And then Thorne just, like, pins him out of nowhere. For this matchup, I want a star and a half. Yeah, I want a star and a quarter. It was, again, you know, decent stuff. They're still obviously trying to, you know, give Thorne a little bit of a push. And um, Dreamer at this point is just in, uh, he's pretty much, you know, putting these guys over. Um, he does get some decent, you know, some of his standard offense in, but yeah, at one point it does look like he hurt him. He hurt his ankle. And then I, I guess they, you know, he was just too hurt. That's why they kind of went to the finish as quickly as they did. Um, even though you, you clearly see on the pen, Dreamer's foot's underneath the bottom rope and the referee doesn't, you know, mm. either didn't see it or he doesn't, you know, he just ignored it. So, um, mm-hmm. In any way, just kind of a, yeah, kind of clunky, kind of clunky finish to that match. Yep. And then I believe it's here after the, um, after uh, this match, they go to highlights of the federal investigator, like talking and Joey Styles just basically talks right through as like, you couldn't even hear what the federal investigator was saying. And Joey just literally talks right through it. And Oh, again, a very, very cringeworthy stuff, you know, and there's going to be a lot more federal investigators, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's nothing really much, much else to say. This is, again, I knew this would come back and bite him, and it's going to come and bite Vince. Yep. Mm-hmm. Gosh. So now we have newcomer on ECW, Johnny Nitro. He's going up against Nunzio. Again, like, here we are getting showcasing everybody. A takedown by Nunzio, sidekick off the sidekick off the middle rope by Nitro, Twi- like a uh, it's like a twisting leg twisting leg drop to Nunzio, her Karana by Nunzio, a drop kick off the top turnbuckle to Nitro, a neckbreaker by Nitro, and then I don't know if this was the Starship of Pain or whatever it's called, but Nitro hits a finisher for the win, and for this matchup, Steve, I also went a star and a half on it. It was good, a good performance. Yeah, I want to uh, start a quarter for this one as well. Um, they, uh, you know, obviously, I think moving Nitro to ECW was a good move. He was kind of get, he was really getting lost in the shuffle on Raw. So, you know, move him here where he can get a little bit more of a more, you know, good screen time. And you know, Nunzio obviously is again kind of like Dreamer, putting these guys, young guys over. Um, Nitro got to show off some good moves, like you said, the uh, the springboard kick, and then that uh, that cartwheel that cartwheel leg drop that he does, and then. Um, that 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 finisher that that like that you know flipping neckbreaker he does I believe it would be called the moonlight drive. Oh, okay. The, yeah, because the starship pain is the um is the um like the springboard um corkscrew moonsault he would do later later in his career. So. Oh, okay. The moonlight drive. I'll remember that. Thank you. Yeah, because I forgot. Yeah. Like I knew his I knew his finishing maneuver was like a starship or something. I was like. I don't think that was it, but, um, you know, I knew it had, like, do with a, a twist, you know? Yeah. And to this, but, to, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, just again, just kind of a, you know, quick match to get uh, Nitro over. And little did anyone know what uh, what Nitro would um, would end up getting here within uh, by the time we get to our next episode. 
Yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to this day, Steve, uh, Nunzio still wrestles. Uh, he was on uh, the pre-show for uh, Impact Victory Road 2023. Hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I saw him uh, at the uh, Westchester County Center. So he still wrestles uh, from time to time. And now we have... Um, now we have going backstage. We have uh, Marcus Cor. We have Corban and uh, Elijah Burke. They are. Um, they're like they're like um, they're saying um, you know I'm sorry that you lost, but I'm not going to lose the Punk, and then I'm going to be the uh, ECW champion here. So a little a uh, little um, uh, tension between the two because Elijah Burke lost uh, his match with Chris Benoit and Corvon has the opportunity to move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, that uh, so we'll see uh, if uh, Corvon can be Punk, and then uh, we get a Miz promo. He's coming to ECW, and then we go backstage to the um, Extreme Expose group, and Brooke wants to hook up with the Miz. And uh, Layla and Kelly are like, we can make that happen, you know. And then Layla goes up to Kelly and's like, weren't you with the Miz like last weekend? And Kelly's like, shut up, Layla. So some drama apparently with the uh, extreme expose here. Yeah, that uh, that Miz promo was definitely something. I mean, it's it's a testament to how much uh, how much Miz will grow over the years, and you know. Because when you look at him here in 07, you're thinking this guy's, you know, you know, just probably going to be fodder for a bit, but then and not really amount to anything. And, you know, look at where he is now. So, you know, mm-hmm. so kudos. So good for him, obviously. Good for him. And, uh, yeah, Lake, uh, the Extreme Expose, you know, fawning over him just, again, just feels so w- random. And, uh, and like I said, now it seems like this little uh, kind of obviously in, in jealousy between the three of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now, um, then we get a vengeance promo. Uh, you know, if all three, um, the uh, major titles and a couple others, uh, you know, John Cena is going to be in a five way featuring Bobby Lashley, Mick Foley, and a couple of, uh, couple others. And then it's Batista's last chance for the world heavyweight title, uh, as it's Batista versus Edge. And, uh, you know, and now we have, uh, who's going to face Chris Benoit in, uh, the ECW title match for Vengeance will be CM Punk versus Corvon as we head to our main event. Punches by Punk, a huge clothesline by Corvon, flying crossbody to Corvon, shoulder breaker to Punk. Corvon slams Punk into the ring post. Another huge clothesline, uh, another huge clothesline to Punk. Fallaway toss by Corvon, dropkick to Corvon, running knee and bulldog by Punk. Corvon. Corvon catches uh, Punk off the off the springboard, and then a GTS to Corvon for the win. For this matchup here, I went two and a quarter, two and a quarter. And uh, you know when he when Corvon catches Punk off that springboard, that looked brutal, Steve. Yeah, I went um I went two and a quarter as well. I thought these two had some uh, pretty good chemistry. Um, Punk, uh, Corvon really put his power moves over. Um, Punk got some good you know good offense in on his comeback, and yeah, him, that uh that springboard that Punk does, and Corvon catches him with a power slam, and Punk nearly landed on you know he nearly got dropped on his head. That was really scary. Uh, that that could have ended really badly. Um, 
And then obviously, and then Punk gets the uh, kind of the shocking win with the uh, with the clean win with the GTS over uh, Corvana. I remember being kind of um, you know, intrigued the fact that they did go the face face route um, with having Benoit and Punk face each other for the title. But it made sense um, again, like I, because you can do that. Like I said, the mentor um, or the uh, veteran of Benoit versus the youngster Punk, um, maybe build a feud between the two of them down the line. And while you also have uh, Burke and Corvan on the uh, kind of on the outside, you know, kind of lurking, knowing that they could jump in any time. So, um, yeah, I'm sure going in, a lot of people were really excited because, you know, Benoit Punk at the time was probably seen as like a big dream match for a lot of people. So um, anyone who was going to, you know, who may have been on the fence of ordering vengeance now had this match set up and we're like, oh, maybe I will uh, fork over the money to, to pay for it. Uh-huh. And then Chris Benoit comes out, stared like the uh, stare down by both men, and then Benoit and Punk shake hands. So that's how we end our first episode of ECW with both guys uh shaking hands. So uh a good show that there were um we now know who's going into or who was supposed to be going into uh Vengeance here. It's supposed to be Benoit versus Punk and a good showing by all the uh ECW uh, superstars here as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could definitely tell they wanted to um, after the draft, kind of, you know, then they're, they're going to reset some things and um, kind of maneuver more people around. Now that Lashley's on Raw, you figured um, Punk's going to be the number one face on on uh, ECW. Yep. Well, Steve, we didn't want to get here, but we knew eventually we would get here. Uh, in the weekend leading up to uh, Vengeance, it was supposed to be Chris Benoit versus CM Punk for the ECW Championship. However, that did not happen as Chris Benoit does not show up for a couple of live events over the weekend and he does not show up for Vengeance. So, uh, 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 replacing him, it is Johnny Nitro. He goes up against CM Punk. And Nitro becomes the ECW champion here. John Cena retains the WWE title. And then I believe, um, was it Edge uh, retained the uh, World Heavyweight title at Great American Bash? I mean, at uh, uh, Vengeance? Yeah, Edge, Edge beat him. Um... Yeah, that was it. Was a whole thing weird thing. Like first, Batista won by DQ, um, but then Teddy Long had the match continue. And then Edge ended up winning by countout. So he did. Uh, he ended up leaving as champion. And then so Johnny Nitro is your ECW champion. And then the fault the the Monday, uh, the police were called to uh, Benoit's residence at Atlanta, Georgia. And sadly, they found all three members of Chris Benoit's family, including Chris Benoit, dead. They all uh, passed away. Um, I remember, Ben, again, this was because it was supposed to be that three-hour Mr. McMahon tribute. I remember turning on Monday Night Raw, and I saw, like, Chris Benoit, like, I saw the 2004 Royal Rumble and I was like, oh, what's going on? And then they were like, I love you, Chris. And just like, you know, rest in peace. I was like, wait, what happened? And I didn't go on until that night, WWE.com. And Chris Benoit suddenly uh, all of a sudden passed away. And it was like, what? So that's what is promoting Mr. McMahon to come back and say, no, 
we cannot continue the story and real life uh, to actually happen. So Chris Benoit and his family had passed away over the weekend. And then that Monday Night Raw, during that Monday Night Raw, the news feed was coming in of the horrific actions of Chris Benoit and what happened, the double homicide and the uh, suicide. I just remember being in shock of like that Chris Benoit passed away on Monday Night Raw instead of like the McMahon tribute thing. Because I was a little bit invested in the uh, McMahon tribute. And um, when that happened, it was like, really? What happened? You know? Yeah, that was a uh, that was really a, just a crazy weekend. I mean, because I remember I didn't watch the pay-per-view live. I was at because I was working. But I remember I was I met with my dad after my shift and we were at uh, Fridays. And that was when the news actually started breaking that uh, that Benoit and um, his family. And we will specify it was specifically Benoit, um, his wife, Nancy, of course, a woman from WCW fame and their um, their seven year old son, Daniel. Um, had all been found dead in their homes. Obviously, uh, for many, you know, Chris had um, had children from a previous marriage that weren't living with them. So, um, but yeah, I just remember how insane that was to hear that. And then, like you said, they do this, you know, big this tribute show. It's because it's like because they do it in the arena, but it's like all empty. And it's like every, you know, they do um, they have like vent, like you said, they open up with vents, and he basically acknowledges that this, you know, that you know, the angle that he was going going with, you know, who killed his character is pretty much now done. And um and then they would show, like you said, clips of you know Benoit's career, some of his best matches. Um they were showing stuff from the Hard Knocks DVD. They had the the people talking when at the time, you know, the one guy you probably had to feel the worst for was D Malenko because, you know, we're still what, a year and a half removed from Eddie tragically passing away as so mm-hmm. soon. And now now Benoit's gone. Belenko's now lost his, you know, his two closest friends. So, yeah, obviously he felt really bad for him. And then, like you said, then the news, the next, like that night, and then the next day started breaking about how this was all basically perpetrated by by Benoit, and it just mm-hmm. it, it shook you as a wrestling fan because you know here was a guy that was just so beloved by everybody. Um, you know, you really you didn't really hear much bad about him. Um, no. You know. When you know, you know, everyone was so excited in 2004 when he won the Royal Rumble and then went to WrestleMania and won the world title. Um, obviously, and then had you know the moment with him and Eddie after the end of the show, and it, it just you know was just so horrific. And it's it it it's you know it shook you. Like I said, as a wrestling fan, to see something like this happen, and. I gotta tell you that it's I'm sure it probably affect you know affected a lot of people and kept them from watching um just because of everything that had gone on and you know the the fallout from it, you know, I think like you know I think they had to go to Congress because obviously the big you know belief around the time was it was you know steroid usage that caused Benoit to do what he did, and then the word kind of kind of started leaking that um they wanted to kind of examine, you know, his brain just because of what it had, you know, because of all the abuse he had taken over the years. And they kind of discovered that I think it said that, like, his brain was similar to that of like a 65 year old person, uh, person with Alzheimer's. So Yeah, it was actually like 80. And uh, that was given yeah. by Chris Nowinski, actually, too. like Chris Nowinski was doing like all the uh, concussion studies. And he asked, like, can I see Chris Benoit's brain? And he did a study on that. And he said this man had a the the brain of an 80 year old man on with alzheimer's and that is bad yeah and um 
it, yeah, and I mean, you know, they they had um already, they had implemented the wellness policy in 05, but after mm-hmm. Eddie, but you know, they kind of laxed on it a, a little bit into 06, and especially in you know, and into 07. I mean, you look at the guys, you're clearly, you know, still bulking yeah. up pretty badly. And after this thing, you know, they pretty much had no other choice but to really go strict on it. Um, was, oh no, because the government was cracking down on them. Like it was like, nope, that's it. And I think. Uh, Chris Benoit's doctor uh, got like pinched or something too, almost like a Zahorian thing too. Yeah, and then of course, well, there we'll obviously get to it later in the year. That big um, story with the whole signature pharmacy thing. So yeah, um, that's another big thing. But I mean, that pretty much you know, because after this, I mean, Benoit is pretty much then erased from history. I mean, yeah, you know, they obviously still have you know. His stuff is still, you know, shown on like, you know, stuff like the TV shows. But I mean, they pretty much, you know, completely erase him from the history books. Um, mm-hmm. And in fact, and I, I wanted to see this, but um, the, just to check and the tribute show they did is not on Peacock. Um, if you no, it's to, not. Yeah. If you go to the Raw section in 2007 and go to that date, it's June 25th. Um, the, the description of it is like um, relive some of the best championship matches from the year. So they, they just mm-hmm. show like a bunch of matches from 2007. So, um, and, and, and actually on the episode we're about, you know, we watched for the, the, the next ECW um, Vince does the opening where he talks about, you know, the ongoing investigation with Benoit. And he says that aside from what he's about to say, um, he's not going to be mentioned for the rest of the show. That even got cut out of Peacock. They go right into the first match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they were just like, you can't even do that. Like, you know, they just want no mention of it. Uh, I don't even think anybody had a Chris Benoit sign, uh, and no one had a Benoit sign. I was like, you think they just blurred those out or anything? Or do you think people were just like, no, we can't even have signs to say Chris Benoit, you know? I would not be surprised if people, if anyone tried to sneak it, sneak those in, they got confiscated. Yeah, I did not see anything. I was like, oh, I wonder, you know. Um, but also, yeah, like, not only Malenko, but Chavo and... Uh, Mysterio too, you know, like all these guys were like losing their best friends, you know, like Chavo told stories about uh, Chris and the kids, you know, and just like it was just so like tragic, you know, like you just didn't think that like this happened until uh, you saw on Tuesday, like I saw on Tuesday, like it was like, oh, this is what really happens. Like what? You know, so yeah. Yeah, and I do. Very tragic weekend. Yeah, and I, I do, I mean, I, I don't know how many people watched it, but obviously they did do a Dark Side of the Ring on um, on Benoit. They did a two-parter of it, and mm-hmm. um, they kind of, you know, because Chavo talks about, on that episode, talks about he, like, got some text from Benoit over that weekend. So, you know, he obviously, he figured something was probably not right, and, um, you know, they, that's where it kind of went from there. So, yeah, yeah just and then, a, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Hornswoggle uh, did one of those, like, WWE Timeline 07s as well with uh, Sean Oliver, like, the whole YouTube shoot thing. He said it was, like, we're all in black, you know, doing the um, doing the McMahon tribute. And I think um, someone told Dean, and then Dean told Vicky, and then Vicky just put her hands down and just, like, was, like, all, like, in shock, too. And then that was, like, when they told everyone, this is what happened. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that dark side was cringeworthy, too. Like, you know, it was like, oh, boy, now we have to, like, relive it, you know. And, like, hearing, like, uh, Benoit's, um, you know, first child son, David, 
talk about, you know, like looking up to his dad and everything. That must have been hard. You know, Chris Jericho, like even saying, like, you know, if anyone thinks I'm just defending my friend, I am not. But I'm telling you the person that I knew of Chris Benoit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that's I'm sure, you know, we it's you know, you can't really knock the guys that did go on and talk about him on that tribute. I mean, they just they didn't know. I no. mean, they had no idea. And I'm sure that because um, on that dark side, they talk about really how Benoit was never really the same after Eddie passed away because, you know, they were right. obviously very close. They were like brothers. They were so mm-hmm. close. So it never, you know, just I, I think just kind of the combination of. You know, not getting over Eddie and uh, just the uh, years of abuse. I mean, it just really, it, it's, you know, I, I, it's kind of, it is kind of sad to say, but, you know, he, it's, it's well known that his idol was the Dynamite Kid and he mm-hmm. wanted to emulate his career after the Dynamite Kid. And in a sad way, he did. Obviously, the only difference is Dynamite Kid didn't, you know, kill any, didn't kill anybody. Um, yeah. He just, you know, was left in a paralyzed state for for like the, the second half of his the life. So. Of his life, yeah. Oh, but alas, Steve, you know, even though it seems weird to transition, we do have to uh, cover this show here. This is ECW mm-hmm. uh, June 20, is it, yeah, it's the 26th, uh, 2007, San Antonio. Uh, we kick off with John Cena versus Johnny Nitro. Uh, so we're having a champion versus champion match here. Uh, we have uh, a headlock applied to Nitro, shoulder blocked by Cena, fisherman suplex to Nitro. Nitro goes flying into the turnbuckle. Cena falls to the outside and goes into the steps. Nitro goes to work on Cena. Back suplex to Cena. Huge clothesline by Nitro. Bulldog to Nitro. Cena goes flying to the outside again. Cena counters a superplex, but gets dropkicked to the outside. Cena gives Nitro a five-knuckle shuffle. Nitro counters the, the FU, a face buster to Cena, a bulldog to Nitro, a guillotine leg drop, and the STFU for the win. For this matchup, Steve, I went two and a half. This was a very great kickoff matchup, and... Uh, Nitro really held his own versus uh, Cena, especially in like the end with the uh, guillotine, uh, with the, um, you know, like the kicks and, uh, you know, the bulldogs and everything, too. So um, I really thought it was uh, good. And then a face buster went bad, too. Like, you know, devastating as well. Yeah, I went, um, I actually went three stars. I thought it was a really good match. And they gave these guys a lot of time. They gave them almost 16 minutes, which is unheard of for a one hour show. Um, you know, kind of a big, you know, you know, rocket push for Nitro. I mean, we saw him one week ago, you know, in kind of an innocuous match with Nuncio. He then gets inserted into the title match on at Vengeance, which he wins. And now he's going in here against, you know, the guy, against the man, against Cena, which, I mean, if you were watching, you know, if you're just tuning in to CW, you had to be, you know, kind of thrown for a loop seeing John Cena on your screen. So kind of interesting. They threw, they brought him out here. Um, and yeah, they had a good little back and forth. Um, Cena kind of dominated early, you know, just to kind of show that he was, you know, the, the veteran. Uh, Nitro did get some good um, offense in, got a little good shine. And then um, Cena does end up uh, making him tap. Um, interesting decision. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Considering, you know, you're putting all these eggs in, in the basket for Nitro to have him win the title on Vengeance and then just to have him lose clean here to Cena. Um, kind of an interesting decision. Um, 
I also have questioned why they went with Nitro and not something else. I do else. too. Like, like why? Like you know, I personally actually would have gone with Corvan. I think he would have mm. been the perfect guy to be in the spot. Um, or at the very least, maybe just go with Burke because he had already had the issues with Punk. Um, yeah. Yeah. So them. So them to just kind of throw Nitro in there, just you know, basically kind of. They basically threw him in the deep end of the pool and basically said, now swim. So um, we'll kind of see over these uh, next couple of months how he does. But um, but a good, but a pretty good match. I think it's they're trying to get, you know, you know, after the, you know, heavy emotion of the night before, I think they're just trying to get everyone's spirits uplifted again and having them, you know, get a you know pretty good match here to start, I think, was a good was a good start. Yeah, it was. Um, I agree with you, Steve. Um, were, were, were they hesitant to give Corvan the push? Were they hesitant to give Burke the push? You know, why not just make Punk the champion then, you know? But uh, they really wanted a heel. And I guess since Nitro was a former Intercontinental and Tag Team title, you know, he's got like some belts under his wings. So I guess they were just like, I think I think this can be an okay spot for Nitro. Let's give him the ECW uh, champion. But I feel like Corvan would have done fine, you know, like his like big um his big masculine size. And Corvan's not even on TV tonight, you know. So uh, like I don't know, like did he just have like the they just didn't need him. But um you know, um I think they could have gone with Corvan or Burke or even like Punk, but Nitro is just like a wild card, like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now, um, speaking of uh, like you know uh, excitement and uh, rowdiness, as we would say, you know, you come off with Cena and Nitro. Now all of a sudden, Rowdy Roddy Piper. I mean, I guess he must have been there for the Mister McMahon thing, you know, and was like, yeah, I'll stay for like one more episode. He comes out to he comes out to the ring, you know, and he's like. Oh, so this is ECW. This is hardcore, you know, like me and the Junkyard Dog in dog collar matches, you know, and uh, saying that I've never been to ECW. And then how comes Matt Stryker? Stryker says it's an honor to meet and share the ring with, uh, stand in the ring with Piper. Stryker says it's his birthday. (laughs) And then Piper starts calling him Mark. (laughs) And then he's like, no, no, it's Matt. And then so Piper sings happy birthday and he goes, what's your name? And he goes, it's Matt. And then Piper throws cake in, puts the cake in uh, Stryker's face. And then the boogeyman comes out. Piper throws Stryker in the ring, a power slam and worms to Stryker. So, again, Stryker is uh, becoming a laughingstock in ECW. (laughs) I'm sorry to say. Yeah, talk about random appearances. Uh, Piper showing up, just you know, I, I don't, I don't think anybody could have comprehended that. But I can imagine if um, if Piper had been in ECW, he could have been a really good heel, just because of the the heat he would draw, just because of how good of a talker he is. Um, mm-hmm. And it's funny, you know, he called, kept calling Stryker a Mark because you know, because Stryker, you know, he was probably marking out inside getting this moment with Piper. Uh, he even does like a little Piper uh, impersonation. So, um, oh. and then yeah, he uh, mentions that's his birthday, and he wants he wants Piper to sing to him, and Piper, <laughs> yeah, Piper does so, and then like I said, he shoves the cake in his face. Um, great little, you know, which at it ended there, I think it would have been fine, but you know, then we had to get the boogeyman out there and. Uh, yeah, the uh, combination of that uh, of that cake and the worms could have been too good in the mouth of Strikers. So, no. 
So it looks like uh, so we'll see what uh, if this leads to something here between uh, between Striker and uh, and Boogeyman. Yeah, hopefully Striker finally gets on top and uh, wrestles and wins. You know, instead of becoming just like this little like laugh uh, Joe, like it's it's a it's a joke kind of. You know, it's like dude, do something with him. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. So uh, and now uh, we're right at our uh, main event. Uh, Steve, I mean, you know, like you said, that Cena matchup and then this segment, you know, I guess you didn't really need a whole lot of the uh, ECW crew. You know, you just want to get the spirits up, like you said, and, uh, you know, just have some like have a good match with Cena, some funny haha. Now we get to like, you know, everyone wants to see CM Punk and this is what we're going to get. It is a two out of three falls match. And uh, for this one, uh, it's uh, the number one contendership is online as it's Elijah Bird versus CM Punk. Should it have been CM Punk versus Marcus Corvon? I do not know, Steve. Or, or even do like a triple threat. Yeah, like, you know, just like don't even have the two out of three falls to do like a triple threat, you know. Um, that could have worked as well. I don't know why Corvon is off here, but... Uh, it's strange because they're they're really trying to push for him. But again, it's CM Punk versus Elijah Park. Before we get there, Nitro says he was uh, brave to fight Cena tonight. It says it doesn't matter who wins, he will beat them. Um, he will beat them. So he's saying he'll beat either Punk or Burke. He said he had a cold, but I don't think he really did. You know, which is so funny. It's like, I had a cold, you know, so I fought bravely. Yeah, yeah, I had a cold. Yeah, I could wrestle almost. Yeah, and I wrestled almost sixteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, so let's get into this one here. Shoulder tackle to Burke. Burke hip tosses by Punk. Huge kick to Burke's back. Punk goes uh, head first into the turnbuckle. Punk counters the Elijah Express with a uh, with a lariat. Elijah gives Punk the Elijah Express for the first fall. So. It's now one nothing Elijah Burke. So uh, good, good matchup here. Uh, I mean, like you know, good for the uh, first fall. Uh, like it was sort of like uh, not hokey pokey, but like a little, uh, little uh, small start. Uh, you know, not the best start to, um, you know, off to the races. Basically, they didn't come uh, guns blazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think they knew they were gonna be be going for a while so best is you know and they knew they were going to do since they were doing the two out of three fall step to kind of just you know pace themselves and not you know go too hard too fast and then in the second fall this is where it gets sort of um this is where it gets sort of weird uh you know punk just basically goes to the outside and then punk out of nowhere rolls up uh elijah burke for the second fall so now we're tied one to one that was a little uh little out of nowhere couldn't really do a lot of wrestling i mean you know like you're timing it so you want to save everything for like the third fall so little clunky finish uh just like a roll up out of nowhere but you know it's uh you knew it was going to the third match right mm-hmm. yeah especially after burke won the first fall you knew they were going to go the three through the three all three of the falls yeah so now uh we're going into the third fall here punk flip kicks elijah elijah flings punk off the ropes Elijah misses a, a diving elbow, like he does, like the um, like that um, hang hang time diving elbow. He misses that uppercuts a punk, flying forearm to Elijah, leg kick to Burke, headbutt, headbutt, and then the running knee and bulldog by Punk. 
Tornado DDT to Elijah for a two count. Elijah counters the GTS. Both men try to pin each other with roll-ups. And then Punk counters a backslide into the GTS. So it was a good matchup here, and uh, Punk wins after that uh, GTS. It was a good match. Uh, I went three stars. You know, I, I like we, we did with Cena and Nitro. I did it the other way. I really liked it. Uh, Elijah was showing a lot of strength here, and uh, Punk just uh, Punk just countered everything and uh, got the win. So I went three stars. I really liked it. I went three and a half. I thought it was um, a really strong showing by both guys. Um, and again, they got a lot of time. They got almost 17 and a half minutes, which, you know, again, on an hour show, you got a ma- one match went almost 16 minutes and one goes 17 and a half. So they really made it a, a very wrestling heavy show. So I definitely um, give them kudos for that. Um, these two just have really good chemistry. They mesh well so good. Um and, you know, they just really worked a great match here. You could tell that they've gained a lot of experience over the, you know, from having their feud. Um, good to have Burke get the advantage with the, you know, getting the first fall. I like how, I love that Elijah Express because Punk was in the tree of woe. So it made it look even more effective. Um, mm-hmm. And then, and then, like you said, yeah, then Punk just kind of gets that, uh, that quick surprise second fall um, kind of out of nowhere just to kind of catch Burke off guard. And then they go, you know, really good, strong final 10 minutes and, um, and Punk gets the clean win, which you kind of figured again with Nitro now as a champion. And like I said, Punk is clearly being positioned as the top face on ECW. Um, you figured he was going to get the win. So, I mean, the match they had of Vengeance was, was, yeah, I mean, it was, it wasn't great. Um, obviously, you know, Considering it was last minute, you kind of give them you can give them a pass for that. Um, now as mm-hmm. we see them kind of build this feud, um, we'll see if they can get some uh, get some their chemistry built up together because we figure this is going to be at um, at the next pay per view, uh, the Great American Bash. Yeah, um, I was wondering if they they'll probably use uh, ECW talent for the uh, SmackDown only uh, pay per view since SmackDown and ECW have been uh, going back and forth. Like you know, you go to SmackDown and ECW on the same show. Um, so then Nitro comes out and he stares down Punk, uh, you know, so we'll see where that feud goes. Uh, so one more thing, um, while we're on the subject, I remember them saying that Benoit was going to be the ECW champion had they had that match that they were going to give the title to Benoit as well. Yeah, it made sense. I mean, like I said, he had, uh, you know, Benoit had, you know, had earned an opportunity to kind of have a run as uh as the top guy on ECW as the veteran presence. And you figured he and uh Punk were gonna kinda we're gonna feud throughout the summer, maybe culminate at SummerSlam with Punk uh, with Benoit putting Punk over. Um mm-hmm. I don't know if they would have had Benoit turn heel. Maybe they just do the face face, you know, uh, veteran rookie kind of respect thing. But like yeah. I said, it could have, you know, led to some really good matches between the two. Oh, man, what could have been, you know, like, it's just so like, oh, you knew we were going to get here eventually. And it was like, man, this really happened, you know, so oh, time moves on and it doesn't get any better. You know, and now we got to see uh, what happens with uh, Nitro and Punk. Uh, you know, I was looking forward to seeing what was going to happen with Benoit and then all that just happened. So uh, we're on a crash course, but very good ECW matches. I know they're not all. ECW stars, but um, I felt like, you know, this, uh, especially the second show, these shows were uh, were better than what we have been, uh, what we have been seeing, at least in my mind, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, well, like I said, after, 
you know, the draft and some guys getting moved away from ECW, some new faces coming in. It kind of, you know, gives us a little bit of a, a fresh start on the brand. So, um, you know, if anything, it kind of, you know, we'll see how what some of these guys do here as we go through the summer. Yeah, I definitely think after the Mr. McMahon feud with Lashley, like, you know, I was getting stale. I was like, we have to do something, you know. We're just shoving, like, Punk and Elijah Burke, even though it is working, you know, we're shoving that, like, four times on, uh, you know, pay-per-view. And it's like, well, all right, like, well, we'll go with something else then, you know. We can stop the uh, McMahon-Lashley feud and whatnot and uh, go from here. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to do it from us here on Extreme Resurrection. But as always, Steve, uh, do you have anything that you want to direct the uh, listeners to? Um, So you can usually find me over on the PTB Pop Experience. I got a few shows over there. Um, Pop Goes the Classics. Myself, Andy, and Miranda are going through all the Disney animated films. Uh, by the time this drops, our newest episode will have dropped on um, The Emperor's New Groove. Uh, that was a good little good film to kind of get back to. So uh, be sure to check out that. Uh, Mickey Mount Rushmore, I have uh, there as well. Also, the video jukebox song of the day. Um, mainly, that's mainly me, Andy, and Keith, but uh, it's been going strong. So keep uh, listening to that. Um, also, occasionally Moonlight over on the uh, North South Connection, either on uh, episodes of Cronoso or if uh, I join Ryan for his uh, the premium live events um, previewings of the matches there. Um, as I like to you know like to say, if you are not subscribed to them on YouTube, uh, please do so. Those guys do a really great job over there with some of the content that, with the content that they have. So they definitely deserve a lot of love. And of course, over on the PTB Facebook group, the greatest song of the 2000s tournament is going strong. We are now into round two. Uh, a lot of uh, big matchups coming in the second round. We saw a lot of interesting decisions in the first round, a lot of weird upsets. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the second round plays out as we continue to whittle the field down and determine the greatest song of the 2000s. Yes, Steve, I always enjoy the uh, the polls. You know, uh, 10 a.m., you know, you're up there at 7 a.m. posting these uh, posts, and I uh, can't wait for them to come out. You know, I just click, 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 and here we go, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a couple of upsets, too. I think it was um, whatever went up against uh, what goes around comes around by Justin Timberlake. Uh, I knew Summer Love by Justin Timberlake wasn't going to get past, even though that was, like, the song of 2007 in my book. You know, I was like, that's not going to get far Uh you know, my way by Limp Biscuit still going strong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we'll see what happens, right? As as for myself, uh, you can find me all besides this show on the Place to Be Nation. You can find me also hosting uh, Nation Invasion. I recently just had Jenny Jennifer Smith on uh, on the show, and we record we uh, covered uh, Raw from July 9th and SmackDown. SmackDown July 12, 2001, where ECW uh, joins the WCW guys and form the alliance on our um, on the uh, nation invasion. And uh, Stone Cold walks out on the WWF team and Vince has to go find him. So WCW and ECW are making a strong power play versus the WWF as we uh, get closer and closer uh, to invasion here. We're uh, on the uh, go home edition as well so uh that's going uh, very very well here well that's gonna do it from us on extreme resurrection i'm james gruenberg he's steve riddle stay extreme and we will see you next time <laughs>